set. Places, everybody. And action. Hi guys, you're listening to Black Girl Film Club, a podcast where two black women discuss movies. I'm Brittany. And I'm Ashley. And you're listening to a rough cut. Um, today we're going to be reviewing um, the Final Girls Berlin Film Fest. So with our rough cuts, we kind of just discuss things that are currently happening. And we're just going to kind of rehash our experience with the Final Girls Berlin Film Fest. Um. So first, we want to take a moment um, to uh, thank, um, say thanks for the opportunity to be involved uh, for PR purposes um, with this. And uh, this is our first time having um, having the experience of um, being allowed to participate in a film festival. So. This has been a great opportunity and a really awesome experience to kind of partake in a film fest. Yeah, I think we did well. Like, I don't even know how long ago this is. Oh my time! Time is uh, it's it's it. I don't know. <laughs> uh, we did judge some microfilms at one point, but this is I think the first time we've actually like reviewed anything. And like Brittany said, it was like um. We did get a message like from like a PR company and was like, "Hey, this is a thing. <laughs> would you, would you like to participate? Here you go. This is all we're offering, and such forth." So, um, it's kind of funny because a lot of film festivals have been virtual. Uh, I guess well, they tried to come back in person. I think last year. I don't know if that worked for everybody, but um, they've been virtual once again and. I originally kind of like tossed this over to Brittany because I was like, hey, there's some interesting things here with some of these panels because they had some like really cute, um, well, not cute, but they were like actually very interesting looking panels about like black women in horror and, and like kind of like the history of that and it looked very interesting. Unfortunately, we didn't get to review any of the panels because they're not on, like, they haven't been made available to us yet because we are not in Berlin, unfortunately. I'm sure I would love it, but we're here in America. How awful. <laughs> so, um, we just ended up reviewing some shorts. Um, and they had a really cool theme this year. It was... Um, the Seven Seven Deadly Sins for the seventh edition. I guess it's the seventh year of the um, of the film festival. Have you heard? Of, had you heard of this film festival before this? Um, this is my first time hearing of this um, fest, and it's pretty cool. Like um, all of the offerings that they had this year is like hell yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it sucks because we were international. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was like, wait, I want to do stuff too. <laughs> I want to watch this. Because uh, they have a movie that me and Brittany both wanted to watch. Um, a couple movies we both wanted to watch. But definitely, uh, we're all going to the World Fair, which is coming out, I believe you said in April. 
that is when, um, from what I've heard, that's when it's making its um, VOD release premiere. Yeah, it's going to be on HBO Max. Hell yeah. Yeah, so at least HBO Max came through with that one. Um, but yeah, it's, um, that was one we wanted to watch a lot, which we didn't get to watch unfortunately, but like, it's fine. <laughs> Hopefully, I mean, I get like with rights and stuff, I'm sure it's hard to like control, um, you know, rather than having everybody just watch the movie. So, but some of the, some of the panels we wanted to watch were, um, one was Bitches, Babes, and Badasses Exploring Black Final Girls in Horror History um, by the historian, I think it's Adia uh, Kalors. And um, she writes about Black history, queer culture, and like genre films. And has worked as an archivist for the Smithsonian uh, National Museum of African American History and Culture and the John Hopkins Medical History Archives. And then there was another one called Mothers, Lovers, and Others, an Examination of Black Female Characters in Horror Films, which I think would be very interesting considering so many more Black horror movies are being made um, recently. And um, I feel like with Black characters in regular mainstream horror movies, it's never good. <laughs> it never goes well. Um, but I think like looking at black women in horror movies in general would be quite interesting, especially when we talk about, um, like things like body horror and that kind of thing. And there's also another one called Vampire Witch Sisters, which was supposed to, um, look at Scream, Blackula, um, Lemonade by Beyonce and American Gods and what they all had in, co in common and how we explore the archetype of the conjure woman through the lens of horror, film, and television. Doesn't that sound cool? Mm -hmm. Like, I would have lived. So if they ever come up, I feel like I'll just like tweet about them or something. I would really, really love to see the those three talks. I think they would be very enlightening because I just want to see what other people are saying. And like, especially like if we have more of these like films being made like what kind of care will be taken and um and how people will kind of treat their characters because like i mean in a horror movie people die <laughs> or, or suffer some sort of grave injury usually and so i don't know how how you care for your characters but also see them hurt and stuff like that too that's kind of a lot of intersecting things <laughs> Yeah, I, I was very interested in the panel. So like Ashley said, hopefully when they, if they become available, um, some means to watch them will become available as well. Yeah. Um, so the one about mothers, lovers and others um, is hosted by Rhonda, jo sorry, Rhonda Jackson Joseph and um, who is a Texas-based academic and creative writer professor who regularly focuses on intersections of gender, race, in the horror and romance genres and popular culture. Um, and uh, Vampire Witch Sisters is hosted by Tara Adams, um, who has a YouTube channel called Mistress of the Imaginarium, where she posts reviews 
video essays in sci-fi, horror, and fantasy, um, specifically aimed at 80s babies and 90s kids. Hmm. I feel like she's talking to us directly, <laughs> so I have to look at that. For this, I guess, I, I don't know, because this is like my first, like, I don't want to say like first time like with a film festival, but maybe like our first time like reviewing, so it was kind of like, I'm not used to watching so many movies at once. <laughs> It's in a limited time frame. Um, so that was interesting. I don't know. Like, did you just pick movies that you liked or I Each night I had a different strategy because I had, like, a lot of things going on this week. This is the week that I was in dark water. Um, that's what my apartment felt like. Um, oh. <laughs> so, like, what? <laughs> yeah, it was a lot going on. So some nights I had a chance to watch a couple. Some nights I watched, girl, let me run through everything. Um, <laughs> so I, I watched a lot. And overall, the, all of them, I liked a lot of them. And like me saying like I liked a lot of them does not mean that I didn't like all of them. But like, all of the the short films are really really good. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just like some of them, like hell yeah, like this shit is my shit, right? <laughs> um, but all of the films are really really fun to to watch. Um, each like each night had a different theme, um, which is I really like how that was set up. Um, kind of made the watching a little easy, um, easier to digest and easier for me because like if y'all know me once my attention span is gone even with short films i'm out yeah i mean i I feel like each night was like what like an hour except for like mm -hmm. there was one i want to say like friday that was like two hours (laughs) and i was like oh this is a marathon not a sprint girl get in the game but it was, it was, it's really fun. Like I, I admire the like creativity of all the filmmakers, um, how they interpret each theme to create, um, their films. And I, I would like, if anybody were to take these shorts and make like for some of my favorites, like if they were to take some of the shorts and make like feature films from them, I'd be like, oh yes, I, I want to see this. Or like the projects, what they want, they, what they'll make next, be it a short or a feature. I I want to know what they're making next. Yeah, yeah, I thought this was very interesting. I know like some of the filmmakers have made other like shorts and like have worked on a couple. I'm trying to look at um, who I'm thinking of specifically. There was one who directed, what was it called? I feel like it was called Inheritance. And of course I can't find the name. Oh, Annalise Lockhart. I believe she has done like a lot of like assistant work and um, has like directed like second unit and that kind of thing or been like assistant director. So I feel like this is her first um, short, which is like really well done. Like you'd be like, oh, you know, like my first show would be like on my phone. <laughs> it would look like a like a vine. <laughs> Not even a TikTok, it'd be like a straight up vine. Um so uh 
Oh, she worked on um, Reservation Dogs as a first assistant director on two episodes. Hmm. So some people have like different varying like levels of experience. Like I was trying to look up some people and some seemed like they did like a lot more short films and some have done stuff like being producer and like working like behind the scenes and like being like first assistant or something like that. So yeah, but like across the board, I was like, damn, these are good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> these are really well shot. <laughs> so I liked a lot of them. I was trying to like, we're going to narrow it down to like a few that we liked the most um, and talk about them and like what we liked and stuff. Um, Cause I know like I pretty much watched all of them. So that's why I was kind of like spiraling, but like, I feel like day two or three. <laughs> I think, um, yeah, it was Saturday. So Saturday had the two different ones and there was at least, I want to say there's six in this one and nine in this other one. And so like, you know me, even though like that really adds up to what, like two hours or so, which is like a length of a normal movie, but you're, t- you're talking about like different themes, casts, filming styles and stuff. So it was a lot to absorb <laughs> for, for Saturday. I was like, we're going to do it, Ma. <laughs> we are going to do it. Um, and they broke it up by um, like different Seven Deadly Sins, mm-hmm. um, which uh, I don't know what's social ills. So they had social ills, wrath, um, medical horror, Envy, queer horror, I don't know what Midnight's theme was supposed to be. I think it was supposed to be just like extra creepy shit. Um, gluttony and then menacing presences. So with Midnight, what I interpret it as is like those midnight movies that you watch. Yeah. So I would get like, I would liken some of those films to films like Basket Case, if you are familiar with. And not like subject matter, but like those kind of like a little more out there films like Basket Case. Because um, Basket Case is wild or like a maniac cop um, <laughs> type yeah. films. Like when you're in the movie marathon and you're watching like Humanoids from the Deep or Slugs or those kind of like films. Stuff you hear like way, way, like if you were up at like 3 a.m. Mm-hmm. Like, that though that's my favorite part of a movie marathon when you hit the like girl <laughs> like what am I watching? I feel like they have it on like Turner Classic movies. I might be making some some channel. I remember watching something about like they have like a block where it's just like the weirdest shit that you ever seen <laughs> specifically like in the middle of the night kind of stuff. So that makes more sense because I'm trying to remember what I watched from, I watched other things from midnight, but I'm trying to remember. They were like such out there concepts and none of them seemed to have a whole lot to do with each other. <laughs> so I was kind of almost like, what is this? But yeah, I remember some of these. Some of these were extremely interesting. <laughs> so yeah, so those are our... I guess overall experiences. I feel like next time, like for another like film fest, I will probably not try to watch every single thing. <laughs> but it was like six dollars a block, so I was like, let's just do it. 
Why not? Like, some of these movies are, what, I think the shortest movies are, like, two minutes or something like that. And the longest ones are, like, more, like, I think, like, 28 minutes or 30 minutes. So, like, you're looking at it and you're like, yeah, I could do that. <laughs> you're like, wait, but this is, like, several times over. So, I guess if you ever get invited to, like, a Sundance or if I ever actually remember to log on to Sundance's stuff next year. Like, I forgot this year. <laughs> then maybe you could do something like that where you just tackle, like, maybe three good movies <laughs> and then you just keep your sanity. Um, yeah. Like... I, I like the I liked how they had it set up. Like you just run through. Mm-hmm. And just keep it moving. Yeah, I'm wondering how they did it. I guess you just like went to a different theater every day. Like if mm-hmm. you went in person. So that would be cool. And also like I I liked the opportunity to have it accessible. Um, even though like not everything was available online you still have the option to have um some portions of the festival be accessible so i enjoyed that yeah i don't think bath was on there for some reason and some stuff was like german press only and that kind of thing so um yeah there was like some figuring out there but like when i mapped out everything i was like well there's something from like pretty much every category that i watched so i was like well let's fuck it let's get all of them (laughs) <laughs> and we'll watch it at our pace. So, um, so yeah. So I'm really glad that we at least got to participate in some way. Um, so hopefully we get to do more stuff like this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And one day we'll be at Cannes doing films. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to see the drama of the Cannes Film Festival. Let me access the chaos. They, that would be great to witness. They are chaotic as hell. <laughs> I think they booed Xavier Dillon last time. <laughs> so I don't know if he's going to be back. But I think that's like they do that all the time. So <laughs> it's kind of like they're very strong reactions. So every time I think I'm being a huge bitch about a movie, I'm like, well, I ain't throw no, I ain't bring no tomatoes, bro. <laughs> you know, it's not boo tomato tomatoes. Like, you know, I use my words at least. <laughs> so, okay. Um, so I guess we're going to go through and talk about which movies that we liked and what we liked about them. I thought we could like alternate. Okay. Um, so I have four. Okay. I, okay. I can narrow mine down. Two I want to talk about together because I feel like they pair well. So okay. I can use that as two of mine and then I'll pick two more. Okay. Um, so the two that I want to talk about that pair together, they're both from the night that um, was medical ills. Mm-hmm. No, sorry. Medical horror. I mean, <laughs> they were histor- um, hysteria, which was directed by Jenna Payne and high or, or was, it which- acu- was it occupational hazard? It is Hysteria. Okay, so Hysteria by Jenna Payne and Our First Priority by Ursula Ellis. 
Yes, our first priority. I don't know why it was called. Maybe it was called something else when they submitted it. Mm-hmm. Um, they were my favorites um, from the medical horror night because um, I felt like they kind of paired well together. So Hysteria is very short. Um, it is about a black woman who goes to see a doctor. And the the black woman is literally just trying to say, hey, I, that is basically all that she gets out, like literally opens up her mouth and the doctor is just going off, like listing everything that is wrong with you, just listing everything that you need to do with how to fix yourself. Like you need to do this. You need to stop eat. You need to stop eating this. You need to stop doing that. You need to stop doing this. You need to stop doing that. You need to stop doing this, 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 and this. And this is what's wrong with you. But the doctor hasn't taken a chance to even consider what could be wrong because they haven't had a chance to listen to you. And just that experience is just like, okay, I understand. Um, just making the patient feel terrible. But what's different about hysteria is that the patient kind of gets back at the doctor. Bye. <laughs> yeah. Um, not list like the, the doctor's not listening, is very dismissive of whatever issue that is presented, and the, the patient has a chance to get revenge on the doctor. And this particular issue is just relevant in society, period, because women overall um, aren't listened to by doctors and Black women are especially not listened to uh, by doctors um, Mm -hmm. for any ailment that you might have. If you're overweight and and a Black woman, you're not listened to at all. We're get it. <laughs> like whatever, whatever issue you might have, it could be like I broke my toe. You broke your toe because you fat. Like that is not why I'm here. Like, and I felt like this particular short was illuminating an issue that should be examined more in a lot of different areas. So I really enjoyed that, and I also enjoyed our first priority which um, list, um, kind of examined a little bit different twist on the same issue, but the patient was a, a younger white girl and she was experiencing some issues and she wasn't being listened to at, by the doctor because she was young. Um, and they kept dismissing like some of her symptoms because they said she was experiencing white coat bias. Um, so white coat bias is, okay, you're experiencing elevated, like, let's say elevated heartbeat because you're nervous because a doctor or a figure of authority is there. Um, and she was trying to explain to the doctor that she wasn't because what she's experiencing are her actual symptoms associated, whatever, um, um, element that she might have. And while we're like the audience is there with her, it's another entity there with her which is a older like maybe like a woman in her mid-20s who's like in purple and who is also like talking like yeah yeah 
you know, you're not listening to her. You're not listening to me. We're trying to explain to you what's going on. And meanwhile, Hannah, who's a little girl, is saying, no, I'm just trying. I'm not nervous. I'm just trying to tell you what's happening. I wrote down all my symptoms. This is what, what I'm experiencing. And she presents this to the doctor. And the doctor is like, oh, did you just Google this and, and tell me this is what's going on? And the other entities like, okay, we're going to give the doctor another chance. And if he doesn't listen, then I'm going to have to step in. And the doctor is very dismissive of Hannah's ailments too. So the other entity has to step in to make them listen. And the doctor ends up going into a void because you're not listening and addressing the patient's needs. You're just saying you're, you just Google these symptoms. You're not, you may not be an, you may not be experiencing these symptoms like um, the way that you are. They said that these are things that you can experience versus things that you may not be experiencing. And it was, it was a very, those two shorts were my favorite from like the first night. I was like, okay, as someone who has been there quite often, I, I get it. I completely understand what these shorts are trying to illuminate. And from both of those directors, I would, I would watch whatever their next projects would be. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I said occupational hazard. That was a completely different film. I really, I realized that. Now, I'm not sure why this, I guess this might have been like a late addition for our first priority. Oh, um, yeah. Yeah, because it's not on the list. I was like, wait, that's the one with the, that's another movie entirely. But oh, I, Occupational Hazard was like the. Minor. Yeah. Yeah, it's like the lady who got, I don't know what happened to her in the mines, but she basically turned into a zombie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and shit's fucked up because um, people do not take care of their employees <laughs> so um yeah i watched both of those and hysteria how you cracking up just because it was like it was basically like a green screen or something it's mm -hmm. like a green screen movie. very like pretty much like her and another person and like you said she basically was like yeah you're fat so you need to lose weight before you even talk to me and ask me questions which is so fucked um and it sucks that it happens because, like, I have doctors in my family, and I don't think my doctor, like, my aunts would ever do that to somebody. I would hope not. That would suck. Um, I know they get arguments with their patients, especially my aunt right now, because her patients have COVID and won't put their masks on when she comes see them. So. Oh, no. Yeah, you got them problems. <laughs> Uh-uh, uh-uh. No, yeah, she has. And she is in oncology, so she's dealing with a uh -uh. problems. <laughs> what? Uh -uh -uh. I know. You would think, like, hey, oncology, you already, you have a, a severe <laughs> underlying condition. And, uh, yeah, they don't want to put their masks on and stuff, so... But also, yeah, I've definitely, I don't have like chronic pain and anything like that, but I've definitely been on the other end of like, sorry, I didn't ask you all these questions. <laughs> and I don't ask, and I understand why you're asking me all these questions about stuff I didn't ask you about. I wanted one thing and I'm coming in here for one thing. And we're going to figure that thing out. And it's just like completely above us. It's like, 
I feel like a lot of doctors are turning into like salespeople now, unfortunately, due to whatever. Big pharma. <laughs> yeah, I mean it's like that. My mom, me and my mom watched this like thing on CBS or so, it was either Sunday morning or or uh, the thing they play on. What was it? Sixty Minutes or something? We're so old. <laughs> But they were talking about doctors who like go in to actually help people. They realized how much it costs to be a doctor because it's it's so expensive to go to college here and like get medical degree, degrees and you know you're expected to like work at like a residence and stuff. It's crazy and it's like there's so many people who could be in positions where they could help people, but they're like being pushed into like other fields which they have to make more money for and they're not qualified either not necessarily not qualified but it's like not their passion so you can tell that they just don't want to be there or they're there for the money because they have debts to pay off and i was like that's not how you build like a healthcare system <laughs> it was like when they were talking about giving um what was it new york or something i was talking about giving like free tuition oh with the they were okay i, I know exactly the the segment on um that you're talking about they mm-hmm. were trying to they were given a whole class of graduating doctors they were absolving them of their debts and also every class that was the new class coming in they were like we're waiving your tuition because they found out that all the doctors that to pay off their debts they were going into fields like plastic surgery because it's a more lucrative field but they weren't going into fields like general medicine which is what is needed especially in rural areas of the country where it's very very hard to find a doctor um to feed um to just be a medical doctor um yeah but yeah it's it's hard it's like a circle deck of fuckery. <laughs> you have people who do not need to be in the medical profession who go into it for money. You have people who would love to help people who can't afford to do it. Um, and then you have people like, when I went the last time I went to my doctor, I went there for like, I went there for Zannies. <laughs> um, not to be casual about it, but I went there because I have horrible issues with like enclosed spaces. And I was like, I'm going on a 10 hour flight to another continent and I will I will ruin this bitch for everybody <laughs> if I'm on this plane and I feel as a, a whiff of anxiety. So but he's like, oh well do you want this thing or do you want this vitamin and do you want to and we should do this sleep test on you and blah 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 and I was like sorry chill it <laughs> we're not doing any of this. It just seems so like there's like incentives happening like you can tell. Because mm-hmm. I had gone through the same spill with him earlier, and I was like, what are y'all doing? Are you squeezing the life out of these guys? Like, he shouldn't be selling me things. He should be addressing the situation that I asked him to address. Because <laughs> he never did stuff like that before. So I knew something was going on that was different. And I was like, no. And you could tell because the um, physician assistants were, like, annoyed as fuck by him, <laughs> too. And I was like, oh, this is like a shit show. Y'all mm-hmm. are, like, dreading this into the ground for, like, a quick buck. So congratulations. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I, I thought you would like those. I was worried at first. I was like, how gross are these going to be? But they're fine. Yeah, I, I, I liked it. I, the, that was really good. Yeah. Oh, I didn't mention at the beginning. I think like all of these, I think the one other thing about this film festival that like drew me and Brittany to it was like um, their inclusivity because I think pretty much every film or almost every film is directed by a woman 
And that was like, you know, this includes trans women. We want women of all experiences and stuff. So I do believe that there's a couple of trans directors that were featured. Um, and some of them are like starring and directing and writing and stuff too. So like that was cool. Like you're seeing pretty much all kinds of women. There's a lot of um, women of color, black women. Um, I picked out like at least four or five queens, I think. Maybe more. Um, I can't remember where my original list is. And um, I think there's like one or two male directors that I saw. And one or two movie starring men, but they were also like, some of them were like queer horror, I think. Mm-hmm. So it was like kind of like, I feel like in other film festivals, it could have been a lot different. <laughs> and I don't know what those medical horror movies would look like. I think they would look worse. Uh, they they would have a slightly different shift, I or point of view. I I I don't know what they would be. Honestly, it, it could Maybe. they could be different. Maybe reanimator. Madness. No, well, I'm done. <laughs> reanimator is fine. I like reanimator. I know you do. And I but it's you different. Anyway. <laughs> And I still care for you. <laughs> oh man. Um, okay, so you did um hysteria and you did our first priority. Mm-hmm. I keep using that list. Um oh, okay. So mine was from the first night, or I guess my first one was from the first night, which is like social ills. And it was called the Goldfish. Um which is directed by Ashley Page Brim, who I thought was a black woman, but actually is white. But it stars a black woman. Um, I think her name is Diaria Kilpatrick. And um, it's basically about a woman who um, is trying to get pregnant with her husband. Um, but she's on the fence because she just has a lot of like personal issues surrounding motherhood. And like, we literally just talked about black mothers <laughs> and being so caring and loving, but I'm also kind of on this kick of like moms who are like, not sure that they want to be mothers or like potential moms, I guess. Um, Cause I know some people thought the lost daughter was kind of like hunky or whatever, but I thought it was good. And I just like seeing moms who are kind of like, or at least women who are like, you know, I'm not sure about this mom thing because it's like such a, ingrained part of our culture some people are like well why wouldn't you want kids that's crazy just like well she has a lot of personal issues it's also very interesting that they made her adopted and her sister is white um you don't really figure that out until like maybe a few minutes in because her husband who was black is like oh yeah your sister looks just like your mom or something like that and i was like sister that's a blonde woman I was very confused at first and she just is kind of has like a lot of fears and she like her sister's also pregnant so she's like what if you don't even like what if you don't like the baby and the sister's like yeah I love the baby she's like no but like liking the baby like is very much like you know what the baby has bad vibes <laughs> type of thing <laughs> but it was a little bit more serious than that and you know you find out that she's got some some residual 
things with like her birth mother and stuff like that. And the, I think the goldfish comes from like she has a. I used to feel like she either has a vision or she actually sees like her goldfish like eating its babies. So it comes out to one of those kind of like I'm not sure I'm really ready for this. Even though we're trying to do this, I don't know if I'm gonna be like a good mom or or if I'm gonna be like my mom and you know. Is it going to work out in the way that we hope it does? Or is it going to be like another situation where there's more like me out there? So I thought that was very interesting. It's not really something that we see like black women contemplating motherhood from that perspective. It's usually like, oh, like I haven't found the right man yet and blah, blah, blah. And she's like, she's married. She has a pretty stable home life and all that stuff. So it's not like any of the normal things we see. Um, so I thought that was cool. Yeah. And I think the director was adopted. That's hmm. where she got that idea. So I thought that was interesting. Um, yeah, that was a good one. Yeah, um, I liked it. But like again, these were they, they were so good. Um, yeah, I was like, we come out the gate. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. Okay, my next one. I got. I, I have to be true to myself. Okay. Um, right. and if you know, like the kind of movies that I enjoy, okay. I love me a horror comedy. <laughs> Which one is it gonna be? Um, <laughs> I love me a horror comedy. I just do. So this one it was from the. Um, Which day was from? Was it from? It was from Friday Night, which would be Envy, and it's Girls Night In, um, and that was directed from directed by Allison Roberto, and the I loved the quality of it. Like I loved the lighting, first of all. Like I just liked the way it was lit. Um, I liked the concept. I also liked the cheesiness of it because I, I think it knew what it wanted to be. Um, it knew what it knew exactly what it was doing, and it worked. Um, so the concept was two friends were meeting up to kind of have like a Friday night hangout where they just eat pizza and dish on like the week. Mm-hmm. And there is a one that is dark hair and wears glasses, and she's at home and she is eating like she's getting ready for her blonde friend to come over. And she hears something in the house and she's like, um, I think somebody's in the house. And she, that's what she tells her friend. And her friend is like, you're just making a big deal out of any, um, nothing. Just don't worry about it. And she initially thinks it's her friend in the house, like at the door rather. And her friend's not there yet. Um, but eventually the friends are arri- friend arrives and they both realize that a murderer is in the house. So the murderer is wearing like a leather mask, has a baseball bat and is trying to murder them and chases them up to a bathroom. So within the bathroom, they get the idea to um, try to seduce the murderer to uh, save themselves. Um, but then they start bickering back and forth to see who would be the hotter one to um, 
be successful in doing like to who would be hot enough to actually be successful in um <laughs> uh seducing the murderer right and in that they um accidentally end up murdering each other so okay. in their like bitter rivalry <laughs> over like their jealousy of each other which you could kind of feel um, bubbling underneath a little bit in their interactions throughout the night they they murder each other and eventually like the murderer is, is outside of the bathroom listening in like ooh girl <laughs> like this sounds messy so he's <laughs> listening and he walks away like he leaves the scene and, and, and goes home I guess um, so I felt like that was well done it was funny and I just really enjoyed it and I really like it's like one seat in the bathroom that has like um, like really great lighting and I I just love that one it was just fun yeah it's, I think I wrote down like okay come on scream six <laughs> <laughs> it was very like it was very much like um like that opening of scream where she it was it was stab yeah or, yeah this is stab <laughs> what are they on now did you see the new scream I did they might have rebooted Stab. They did reboot Stab. Stab <laughs> went to space or something. Stab did a lot of oh. stuff in the movie. Stab in space. <laughs> Please. <laughs> I have not seen the new one yet. Um, but, uh, yeah, I was like, this is very Scream-ish. And this would be, like, in Sydney. And, um, oh, God, why can't I remember her name? Tatum. Yes, I was gonna say Peyton, Jesus Christ. Um, Sydney and Tatum were like actually jealous of each other. <laughs> I mean, it's not if any like. I mean, thank God they weren't, but like this would be them too. Because I forget which girl asked, like, "Oh, is he hot?" And I was like, <laughs> "Not now." <laughs> His eyes are really blue, like they look oh, like, like little oceans. So it's like, like you can't oh, see Lord. anything else. You can't see anything else because he's wearing a mask, girl. <laughs> That was, it, was, it was a good one. Yeah, I thought that was cute, too. <laughs> that was so ridiculous. So, my next one, I think we both, like, kind of got freaked out by... I'm trying to remember what day this was on. Um, oh, this was on day one, too. <laughs> um, yeah, so this one was called Smile. Oh, my. Uh, which was directed by Joanna... Uh, Fanny's? I hope I'm saying that right. Um, so, girl. <laughs> mm. Child. <laughs> uh. Um, I think this one is probably the, like, actually, like, generally, like, terrifyingly. <laughs> like, one. Where I was like, let me take a break. Let me take a beat. I gotta get up. Let me get a glass of water. Let me do something for a second, and then we'll come back in. And I don't remember which one. That was like the third one in, according to my notes. And I was like, well, okay. Uh. <laughs> um, so this is about a woman who is depressed, I believe. Um, she's like dealing with depression. I think her mother calls her and is trying to like give her a pep talk, which like, I don't know if this is like a good pep talk girl. But um, basically saying like, I miss how you used to smile and be happy, which I was like, girl, I think she probably misses it too, but you know, she's working through some things and um, 
like her mother leaves her that message and she leaves she listens to it and she like tries to smile and stuff um but you know it doesn't work because she's just kind of like hanging around her house and there's just like a couple of scenes where this um at first i was like is this the babadook please (laughs) (laughs) once again with the babadook because the babadook wasn't just like he would just be standing in the corner but you wouldn't know that it was him and it's just like this figure yeah babadook was was chill he would be just chilling yeah and like he you know was like this like it was like the silhouette of him that was like kind of freaky he's just seeing this large figure in the dark and i was like "Mm, oh no And I, it was like the same thing. She was kind of like hearing stuff in her like apartment or house or whatever. And then she kind of like sees this like kind of threatening looking figure, but it turns out to be like a picture frame and like some flowers and some other stuff. Um, And she sees like a picture of her when she was like, you know, more like feeling back to her, like her old self and stuff. And um, she ends up going to bed. (laughs) And, and this figure like it's real and it comes out of nowhere and it's like forcing her to smile mm. to the point where like her face splits and I was like oh no <laughs> I, like, I can't <laughs> I was like I need the lights on now mm. that shit was terrifying bruh. and that's where it ends too just like her face splits and Lights out, bitch. <laughs> uh, that one, like, that was creepy, creepy. Yeah. I was like, is that like a depression monster coming for her? Oh. And being like, I mean, I don't know how you would, like, read that. Because, like, I feel like depression would be like, no, bitch, I'm too sad as hell. And this was, like, something entirely else. <laughs> this was something else entirely. But it was, Yo, like, antidepressants no. working? That's I guess. I don't know. That shit made her crack a smile for real. <laughs> oh, it was, I, it was a lot. It was, it was creepy. It was very creepy. Yeah. It was, like, super, like, okay, am I ready for the rest of this? <laughs> we had some introspection. It was, it was very good, though. Yeah. And it was, like, probably one of the shorter ones, but they made a statement, like, I remember that one clear, <laughs> pretty clearly, <laughs> and it was gross too. I think some of the other ones like didn't have like as much like special effects work, maybe, or if they did, they like used it in other things. But this one was no, we're getting to the point. What I liked about it, like it, it was, it was tops. But what I liked about it was that her mom was Ashley Lawrence. So I had to like make sure it was Ashley Lawrence, and I was like, "Hell yeah, is Ashley is Lawrence?" So Ashley Lawrence. Um, so Ashley Lawrence uh, is Christy from Hellraiser. Oh yeah, you're gonna be mad at me, but I fell asleep on that. I okay. Okay. I tried, Brittany. Don't lie. <laughs> don't be mad at me. <laughs> I mean, hey, it's okay. It's all right. No, I did try. Um, okay, I remember her. Yes, I've seen this face before. Um, so she's like the main. She's the daughter in Hellraiser. So she's responsible for getting all the Cenobites back in that fucking box, cleaning up everything. She made like three of these. Uh huh. She was in Hellraiser too. Like she's trying to get it back together. So like some of the effects 
are very Four of these. My God, Hellraiser ish to me. That's kind of like what it put me in mind of. Um, when I thought about it after the act, I was like, okay, I get it. Like I, I was like, that's really cool. Um, so I was like, okay, I get it. I like when they have actors that like relate to whatever they're talking to or talking about. Mm-hmm. I wonder how they do that. Like, I wonder if they to a friend or do you like literally call up like their agent and be like, hey, will you be my short? <laughs> yeah. I'm trying to remember how much I think. I got, I got like a little bit into Hellraiser, but I really did. I don't know. The vibes were off. It's a, that's a, a series that Clive, girl. Clive Barker. You got you you got to get into him. I have read his books, if you can believe it. Which he, ones? Uh, the children's books he had. It's one of them sitting right here, actually. Actually, I had two of them. I don't know where the other one is. The Books of Abarat. Hmm. Um, have you heard of those? Mm-hmm. So, I was like, yo, you go, you read the books of books of blood. I'm like, what? No, 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 no. Sorry, not those. <laughs> it's like, it's very. Um, I don't think they're very like scary. But I um, didn't Candyman count the books of blood? Yeah. What's going on there? <laughs> what is going on? Um, yeah, there's just like some children books. It's like fantasy, but like he did all the paintings that and like illustrations that are in them and some of them are just downright horrifying <laughs> if you really like sit there and concentrate on them it's a little scary um there's supposed to be like five of them but he's only written three of them so far and so i've read two of them because by the time this next book came out i was a grown adult so <laughs> <laughs> Uh, between uh, 2004 and 2011, I was an adult woman about to graduate college. So I um, have not read this last book, but yeah, he was supposed to do three of them. And um, he's got a lot, like a very vast imagination. I will say that, but like, yeah, this shit creepy, bro. <laughs> this shit is creepy. So, I'm sorry to say I have not read um, The Books of Blood. Not there yet. Yeah. He, his mind, like, and I mean that in the best of ways. Girl. Is that how you feel about like Ari Aster? You're like, something's not right. Yes. You know it. <laughs> his mind. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Yeah. Um, it's some fucked up shit in there. <laughs> Very sure. If, if, smile if they made that like a direct like a like a full length thing child i would be there i would be there and i would regret it because <laughs> when i went to sleep i was like now nah, i don't see no shit <laughs> i'm putting on the night light because i'm not about to see no weird shadows i'm not doing it there's only a certain amount of exits in this, in this apartment i won't have it <laughs> so um so yeah so what's your next one Okay, I I'm torn between a couple, but I'm gonna go with the. I gotta stay true to myself. Okay, <laughs> the next one because if y'all know me, y'all know it's I love this. Wild shit. Um, I really like Verified. Um, I thought that one was cute. 
verified. Let me find the director. Just give me one second. Verified was directed by Ali um, Chapel. Um, and it, it was very unique spin on zombies. Um, so we have like someone who is trying to be a, a influencer, um, or try not necessarily an influencer, but someone trying to attain a um, verification on Instagram. They're just out and about doing like a lot of lives, Instagram lives, going about their day. And they are like, you know, hey girl, I'm in the park, you know, spending my day eating ice cream. Look at this ice cream. Oh my God. <laughs> and they are bitten by us. Somebody who's like, girl, you look like, you look terrible. They're bitten by a zombie. Yeah. And they go on to basically live stream their zombification process. <laughs> My girl was falling apart. Like you go on it, like your bite is bleeding, your eye changing colors, girl, you turning gray. And you are actively turning into the zombie, but you don't want to lose your followers. You don't want to stop what you're doing to take care of yourself. You are on a quest to get that blue check. Like you are, you are dedicated to it. You are not giving up. You just going to keep going. You are, you have zombie like dedication for that check, girl. Girl. And she just going for it and she gets it. Just a little too late. Yeah. Could you imagine? <laughs> I will re I will pop back up and be like, like <laughs> with that check. Like <laughs> I thought like I remember this one being pretty funny because there is just like a overwhelming amount of people kind of filming their L's. And putting them on for the world to see. And I just want everybody to know you don't have to do that. <laughs> you really don't have to be the Twitter main character because as long as there's TikToks, they're gonna keep putting them on Twitter just to start shit. Because there yeah. have been some horrible L's. And now everybody's got, now if I see somebody getting bit, I'm like, well, it's over. <laughs> it is finally over. But uh, yeah, I don't. Uh, the influencer thing is so interesting because it's not necessarily what it used to be. But still people are trying really hard to be influencers and I just don't like know what's in it for them other than like some sort of weird validation and attention, which is just like you have to want attention to be filming your zombie bite, girl. Like I don't I, I don't care. Yeah. I don't, I, would, I don't know. Because, like, girl, at one point I'd be like, well, adios to you niggas. I got to go to the hospital. <laughs> yeah, I'd be like, we are live from the ER, girl. <laughs> yeah, like, we are going to get some sort of injection. We're going to get some infusions because I feel terrible. <laughs> Her eye changed color. Yeah, they was like, girl, your eye fucked up. In the comments. <laughs> <laughs> but she kept getting more, like, attention. That's why she kept filming it. Yeah, I it's mean, like, people would tap in for the 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 yeah. Instagram, the influencer with the zombie eye, like, cause well, yeah. like, 
all the other shit is boring. Like, yeah, it's like this. Uh, it's a girl on Instagram who might be turning into a zombie. I think we should see it. Like it's morbid, but people, people would watch it. I mean, yeah. I am five thousand years old, and I remember. I've never like I have never gone here ever in my life because I would throw up. Um, but things existed like Rotten.com, which that was a whole draw of you just looking at morbid, disgusting shit online. Of course. Like, what's, why do you think 4chan existed? Like, what's that? Sh- uh, should I? I think I mentioned it on like another episode, but like Jesus used to talk about live. Was it live link? Oh, that's where you could watch people getting like murdered. Yeah, <laughs> you watch like security footage from like a building collapsing in India or some shit, and people being like crushed to death. Like it's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> people really do watch that shit because the horrifying is like intriguing to us. Because it's not something that happens. To, I mean, like if the people were just like regularly and routinely getting crushed by buildings, I don't know, might get a little desensitized, but um. <laughs> Like, um, yeah, people like to see some fucked up shit, even though they like will complain about it. Yeah, later. like, yeah. But people love to see some fucked up shit. I mean, we just watched it. What? Not this year, but last year, watched a girl lay her edges down with Gorilla Glue. Um, I oh wait, didn't I watch that? Yeah, unfortunately. No, we all watched it. <laughs> Literally the whole world watched it. She tried to get that same trick to happen again, and I was like, "Okay, the the the, the moment's done." I'm like, ma'am, you got to read instructions. Yeah, no, we're not. I think it was a fake hair, like a fake wig or something. Oh, that was definitely. Or like not not a fake wig, obviously, but like some sort of like I don't know what the situation was. But I was like, "Girl, that shit is not. It's not popping off no more. You got free removal. <laughs> Be happy with that. Don't try to get it again." But she was really trying. <laughs> Miss Verified was trying very hard. Sometimes just like, bitch, if you don't go to the hospital. <laughs> like, girl, you wake up and your wound is just profusely bleeding. You got uh, you gotta go. You yeah. gotta go. Yeah. That blood ain't dry out. Much- you gotta go. That's an injury. That needs stitches. You gotta go. It reminded me of uh, Starry Eyes again. Oh, did I make? Did I convince you to watch this movie called Contracted, which no, is terrible? No, but, no, okay. no. <laughs> you have not. <laughs> I do not do watching people have some sort of germ. I know this one is about like an STD or STZ, as I remember <laughs> you putting it. And I said we won't be experiencing that. And you know I love it when somebody starts falling apart, but I don't know. It's just like, when it comes to germs. <laughs> he was like, you suggested this one and Contagion. And I was like, no. <laughs> Contagions. Don't watch it now. You cannot watch Contagion now. No, I never wanted to. And now I never will. <laughs> but yeah, this one is crazy. I'm looking at the thing. I didn't know. Mm. Shedding maggots? Yeah, they just pop off in the toilet for a little bit. Yeah. That's disgusting, bro. <laughs> and I said in one of my reviews, I was like, I don't watch anybody pull a piece of skin off of them, but like, <laughs> this is a bit, bit more than what I was, I'm, I'm game for. She looks terrible. Mm-hmm. It's bad. It's bad. Lip looking juicy. 
<laughs> this that whole movie is the concept is terrible. Yeah, can you imagine? That's horrible. <sighs> the concept is horrible, but like the keep going, like the falling apart, keep going, kind of reminds me of that a little bit. Oh no! And the director of that got some allegations. It would make sense. Oh, your career is over. No, I'm just I hope it is. Shit, you don't need to be doing nothing else. No, <laughs> it stops here. And it has another one. Oh, oh, there's another Canadian body horror film that I cannot pronounce. Which one? Uh, Thanatomorphos. Hmm. Um, it was, uh, it's linked in the contracted Wikipedia like thing. Um, it says it has shared similarities, which, um, uh, yeah, what? Now that I'm looking at this, is this that he described it as a one night stand, but she was a sexually assaulted? Yes. Nigga, you want hell? Yes. (laughs) Absolutely that. I thought it was an actual, like, you were assaulted and that's terrible, but you're going to say it's a one night stand? Yeah, you're going to hell, sir. Yes. Gross. Well, don't watch Contracted, even though Brittany told me to watch Contracted no. at one point. <laughs> um, okay, so I think I'm next. So my next one was from Envy. And it was, I think it's Hanya. Is it Hannah or Hanya? Uh... Now you know me. I know. I wish I... This was in French, so I wasn't entirely getting all the pronunciations and stuff. But, um, yeah, this one was probably one of my favorites of, like, the whole, um, like, lineup of, like, pretty much all of them. I'm looking for what I wrote down. What did I write down about this one? So, basically, this movie... Did I not write anything? Well, I must have been like, damn, this shit was good. And I'm saying anything else. Because um, I watched it twice. So this one was about a young Spanish woman who's living in Paris. And her boyfriend is taking her to a party where she's going to meet his friends and things like that. And um, she ends up meeting one of his, like, former friends who's back from, like, a trip from uh like i guess she was working in japan or something for like a few months i think she's a photographer is what i remember and she um the the girlfriend has like it is implied i guess that she has a history of envy that um is not your normal level of envy or jealousy um when it comes to like relationships because the whole time her mom was calling her and she was like I don't think you should be going to a party so soon after what happened last time and you shouldn't be wearing dresses and blah, blah, blah. Like, are you sure, like, you should be there? Like, are you, like, what are you doing? Call me when you get home. Like, you need to leave now and stuff like that. So, um, yeah, this ma'am's <laughs> has a bad, um, jealousy just, uh, seems to consume her entirely and it leads to, like, disastrous consequences because, like, her boyfriend has a very close relationship with this other woman that came from Japan and she's not, the girlfriend's not having it. And they're playing like a kind of a never have I ever type game where some shit gets revealed and, you know, 
girlfriend's like, well, who wants to fuck who the most? <laughs> I was like, whoa, it's getting a little heavy. Um, and then it's like, it's, it's like a small twist where the girlfriend ends up having sex with the friend. Hmm. Um, because they're talking about the legend of, I believe it's Tanya, um, where she was like in love, at least according to the, the film, she was like in love with a samurai. And Samurai was like, well, go get on somewhere. I don't like you. And she was like, felt like completely heartbroken. But um, I believe that like in Japanese theater, like the mask is representative of like a jealous female demon. Um, and so at one point they take, uh, I believe they take ecstasy or something. And the girlfriend is seeing all these masks and she's seeing like these like, it's almost like she feels like she's being possessed herself and then she has sex with the friend which the boyfriend also joins in chaos and then just when you think that you're just gonna they're gonna this is how this is gonna work out they're gonna be like some sort of weird circle um girlfriend takes a knife and guts that bitch mm-hmm. <laughs> and i was like yo what's going on and then like afterwards she calls her mom she's like i'm fine mom everything's fine i was like oh no everything is not fine baby (laughs) you got blood on your hand (laughs) (laughs) you got blood all over your hands so i thought she was gonna stab the boyfriend that would make sense i wish people would go for the man they never go for the man it's always like well I'll just get rid of the other problem. But there's always going to be another problem when you're jealous. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's usually like women who have like severe jealousy or um, have felt like betrayal or something. But they're also like pretty sad. So I thought that was very cool. I I think also that one could be like a longer feature. Because I feel like it was on the longer side. It was like 29 minutes or so. Um but I was, like, really invested. I was like, what is about to happen next? Like, but also, like, what's wrong with this girl that she cannot go to parties where she is probably routinely hurt people? Mm. So, I really like that one. That one was good. Like, I... It was very, very intense. It was. It just like started off intense because it's so dark in the party, and then like it's like one of those situations where you don't know everybody, and so you're already feeling weird, and you're also like the foreigner. Because um, at one point they're like, "Why don't you stay in Spain if it's so nice or whatever?" And she was about to be like, "Okay, bitch," <laughs> and so it's like very awkward for her. And then like once this other friend comes, and she's like the life of the party, and they have a long history together. She's feeling so, like ostracized and like a complete outsider, and and then when the drugs hit, <laughs> yeah. like, mm-hmm. I was like, "But you don't look in the mirror when you do drugs like that." That's <laughs> literally what I raised. I was like, "Do not look at yourself in the mirror. Do not do any of this stuff. Like this is specific drugs. You're like, do not because you are yourself." I forgot to say the director was Ava Minos. Um, mm. Um, so you did you did the damn thing there, Miss Ava. Yeah. All of, like everything was a banger. Like everything was a good 
I'm saying it, but like all of the shorts are really crude. Yeah, I'm just literally like, well, shit. <laughs> I went back and watched that one. I was like, you gotta put that one on the band or something for the people. <laughs> <laughs> like, because that's the thing that sucks. It's like the shorts. So, like, where will you ever see these movies again? Hmm. I always wanted to put some of them on, like, Letterbox, just to, like, remind myself that I watched them. But, um, because I think there are some of them on there. I can't remember. I haven't looked at for um, a whole bunch of them. But, yeah, I was like, damn, this is, like, really good. <laughs> um, so I really like that one. But what's your next one? Oh, I did my four. Oh, shit, okay. Well, I got two more. So... <laughs> So uh, the one I want to talk about next is Inheritance, which mm-hmm. was the one I mentioned earlier, directed by Annalise Lockhart, where um, I kind of had to watch the movie twice because I almost was like, I'm not 100% understanding what's happening. But um, this one follows like a black family and uh, sort of like the rural, I don't know what part of America they were in. I think they were in America. I don't know what part of the country they were in, but um, they're like in a rural area and there's this house that they have. Um, so it's like a father, a sister, and a brother. And I believe the father gives the daughter the deed to the house. And from there, shit just gets crazy because she starts seeing like ghostly figures everywhere. And I was like, oh, God, what's, what happened in this house? <laughs> that was my first time. I was like, what the fuck happened in this house? Um, and her brother starts making something called, let me look it up. Um, I don't know what to say. A McCoy field, which I Googled and I was like, I don't know if that's real. But, like, he basically makes, like, this energy field around their house um where they can kind of like shock these spirits or like get rid of these or like kind of come in and out not the spirits but like them like safely or whatever um and it turns out like the dad talks about kind of like how he earned this land however he earned it but it still wasn't enough and then, like, you're looking at some of these ghosts later on, and you realize they're all white people. Like, very menacing-looking white people. And I was like, is this, like, some Jim Crow shit? <laughs> I was like, not the big, like, oh, we're going we to protect this land from the great beyond so the Negroes can't get it. Mm. I was like, what the fuck is happening? <laughs> <laughs> I had to watch the one twice because I wasn't ensuring I wasn't understanding first of all what this energy field was and also like how it was working. But basically it's like protecting them from these ghostly figures. Which I was kind of like number one, I was like, I don't know how I feel about land ownership, especially now in twenty twenty two. Um, even though like the United States basically says like the pinnacle of life in America is like owning your own land and having your house on that land and blah blah blah. I was like, you know how expensive everything here is. Once again I say this again for like the fourth or fifth time today. Do you know how expensive everything is? Like it's not easy. And then like once you get land ownership, if it's not land owned by, you know, someone before you that was here way before us all, like <laughs> like 
people don't want you to have things like white people do not want you to have things like that yeah even though they tell you that's the thing but when they tell people that's the thing that you have to have they're really not talking to us yeah they're just talking to each other yeah so i was like oh so you got up you got you know you did everything you were supposed to do and you passed on land you create generational wealth for your babies and they're like oh nope none of that shit Hmm. Now we can see you. Hmm. I was like, oh, that's that's quite interesting. That was one of the ones I marked down, I think, when I first we first got the list of all the because all we have is like the screen, like some of the promo pictures. So we're like, well, that might be interesting. That one might be interesting. Um yeah, that's not where I thought that was gonna go at all. But it does fit in with menacing presences, like oh uh, yeah. <laughs> I was like, what the fuck? It's terrifying. It's just like you don't have any like you always have to be like on your guard, even if you're like successful as a black person, you still have to be on your guard because like they just don't like that shit. Yeah. You can never really have too much. Um, that you might be put in your place. Yeah. I was like, these aren't even like alive people. Like these are dead people. Hmm. You know, like, don't you have better things to worry about in the afterlife? You should be chilling. No. <laughs> like, get the fuck out of here. Mm-mm-mm. But yeah, that was like, yeah, I was thinking a lot about land ownership and what that means and especially this country but like um yeah you just can never like enjoy yourself because <laughs> there's always like some hating ass white person or multiple hating ass white people <laughs> just like well girl you don't deserve that shit but if that man was like a like you know a renter or something or he just like didn't own anything you're like oh these bums, <laughs> these freeloaders, you just can't win. Um, so yeah, that one was like the one that gave me the most polish. But I was like, not white ghosts. <laughs> do you have nothing else to do with your time as a ghost? Go do something else. Go check out your own kids. <laughs> like, what are you doing over here? Um, and then I really liked um, Sudden Light which is directed by Sophie Littman, um, which is also under Menacing Presences, which I'm about to make a reference to something, and I want to make sure I'm making the correct reference <laughs> before I make it. Okay, I'm making the right reference. Okay. Um, so this one was about two girls who are in, I want to say north of England, just from the scenery, um, they're walking their dog and they decide to like cut through a field and they're cutting through the field and they see like this kind of weird guy. I think the sister like disappears out of nowhere. And then, cause she wants to let the dog off the leash, which I don't understand why kids do that. But, um, the older sister sees like this weird guy who she doesn't recognize and he's kind of saying weird shit that she's kind of like I'm not into this I'm leaving and so she goes to find her sister but she can't find her because she's getting so turned around and so like disoriented 
then she finds the dog, but she can't find the sister. She finds the sister, can't find the dog. Like, it's a whole bunch of things. And then she's also freaked out by this guy. And she just, like, they can't find their way home. And they start, like, blaming each other and trying, and they start talking about, like, other things that are going on in their lives, um, particularly with their dad, who um, we don't figure out, like, what's wrong with him necessarily, but he's, like, alluded to being sick, and they may have to, like, deal with his, like, passing, and um, it's, like, really, really heavy (laughs) when I talk about it. Um, I mean, they eventually do, like, find their way back home. Um, but the way it's shot is so like dreamlike that it like really looks like super cool. And also <laughs> I'm making two very random references, but it kind of reminded me of Dante's Inferno a little bit. Okay. Um, cause you know, at the beginning of Dante's Inferno, I'm trying to remember why didn't I click on this? Um, he basically kind of alludes to, like, being lost. Like, I find myself, like, lost in the woods or whatever, which he's kind of talking about. He's straight from Christianity. But, like, it just kind of gave me that where you're like, I don't know where the fuck I am in this, like, grievescape of my life where um haven't really – I'm going through it. <laughs> I'm going through a lot right now, and I haven't really figured out everything. And also it reminded me a little bit of – um why did I just forget the show? Over the Garden Wall. Mm-hmm. Where the two brothers get lost, but they have a, a way more fun time. This is like, actually like, are they going to be okay? <laughs> I was very worried for them. But um, yeah, she's like going through like, it's like grief and growing up and prepping for grief. If you've ever had to do that and, and like what that means and how that makes you grow up pretty fast. And at one point she's just kind of like, she like lays down on the ground a little bit and she's like she's like I just want everything to be normal and I don't want everything okay or anything to be okay and her sister's always she can hear her sister's voice like on the wind being like I want things to be normal why do things have to change and and it's just like giving herself like a, a huge pep talk and also like kind of <laughs> feeling like very lost and afraid and and I thought it was very like very well done like look at like sort of the trials of growing up, um, especially like losing a parent and stuff like that. So I thought that was my favorite. I think that was like maybe one of the last ones I watched because one of these other ones wasn't available. So um, that one kind of stuck out to me the most um, on that last day, just because I was like, whoa, this is like, this is this is this is something here. <laughs> There's a lot of layers here. Um, and I looked up Sophie Whitman. I think they made this movie like way back in like 2017 or something. Mm. But I don't, I don't think they actually released it until 2020. Almost said last year. I'm like crazy. Um, but I'm pretty interested in like what she can do because I think it's shot in film too, and it has like such a distinctive look about it that you're just like, oh, they're lost. Oh, and that's like literally one of my biggest fears: is just being lost in a place I have no idea where I am. <laughs> Which is so like basic, but should have me kind of stressed. So I really like that film. I thought that was probably. One of my favorites, along with Hanya, um, 
just in terms of like what it's doing and what it's saying. So I can't wait. I hope she does more. She's done like a few short films where I can see at least like six. Um, but I really want to see some more like very compelling, very creepy too. Hmm. Yeah, I don't know if my connections to Dante's Inferno and to Over the Garden Wall are good, but that's what I was thinking. I was like, oh, you're walking along and all of a sudden you don't know where the hell you are. <laughs> and that is the worst feeling in the world. That, like, they sound like appropriate comparisons to me. I brought out the high school. Uh, literature on your on your asses <laughs> we, read, we read that in high school that's one of my favorites i'm sorry it's it's that's one of my favorites dante came with some heat he did All they use it a lot things. a lot of different things yeah. some of it good some of it not so much some of y'all don't know what you're doing but it's okay Didn't lars like sabrina crazy that mm-hmm. what did what did you mention what did you say <laughs> Lars Vanture. <laughs> like, Which one did he do for that like, one? Part of the house that Jack built reminded me of oh. Dante's Inferno because it's part where he goes to hell. And I was like, okay. Oh. If if Lars Venture did Dante's Inferno, I would watch it. You know it's going to be crazy, girl. Yeah, and I would watch it. But... <laughs> Yeah, I was up watching that movie way too early, late in the day. I've only, I've only watched, what's the one I watched? Melancholia. That's the only one I watched. Like, oh, that's by Lars Hunter. And I'm like, there's something wrong. I know there's something wrong. <laughs> yeah, he got a lot of stuff going on. Yeah, lots, lots going on. Sometimes you say things that you just shouldn't and you keep digging in anyway. <laughs> Chaos. Um, oh, I found a link to Sudden Light. I don't know if I should tweet it. It's, like, public. Yeah. It was from the Wellington Film Fest? Oh, Wellington Films. Uh, I guess it's a production company. Um, okay, banger. Um, is this the whole thing? Yeah. Yeah, I think this is, yeah, it's 14. Yeah, this is the whole thing. I might, I don't know, I might tweet that um, it's left. I'm gonna put a little thing on it because when I'm when I'm talking about it, it makes it sound like horrible and despair. But I just was like, I don't know. If you've ever just had to talk yourself out of like a bad situation and just be like, it's gonna be fine, and we just gonna we just gonna push through, we gonna figure it out. Um, I thought that was good, especially like being like a young kid, like ah, coming of age can be bleak. Yeah. But I like those are mine. Those are my picks. Yeah. Overall, like we said earlier, it was a very wonderful experience and we're glad we had the opportunity to participate. Yeah, I think that um I think that I mean I hope that we get to do more film festival things. Um and get to talk about them. And I hope to see more people that we know, rec- uh, like recognize, I guess, on these um, 
lineups one day. Mm-hmm. So it's a very fun time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, okay. Well, do we have anything else as far as, I mean, obviously you should follow us. Yes. Um, as always, you can follow us on Twitter at BAK, BLK Girl Film Club. At, um, yeah, sorry. <laughs> I'll do it. Uh, you can follow us at, on Twitter at BLK Girl Film Club. You can email us at blackgirlfilmclub at gmail.com. Um, visit the site, blackgirlfilmclub.com. And you can follow us on Instagram at blackgirlfilmclub. Uh, we have 400 followers on Instagram. Don't ask me how we did it, but you should be one of those followers. And, yeah. you know, like our stuff, leave us a review, rate, tell your friends. Um, hopefully we get to do more stuff like this. Um, but we get to do, like, I guess, more one-off episodes um, and other things. And, yeah, more rough cuts. We haven't done a rough cut in a minute. Yeah. It's been, we got to bring, we got to see what's coming out and bring some soon. Last thing I watched was Jackass Forever, which I can't give you like a play-by-play review. I don't want to, <laughs> I got to see that soon. Oh, it was a joy. It was gross. <laughs> it was gross, but it was nice to see men who have been basically trying to kill themselves <laughs> in various ways uh, look happy and healthy for the most part. Especially Steve-O. Uh, Steve-O looking good. Steve-O's looking good. Chris Pontius is still weird. And party he's... boy back? Yep. He's, oh, well, he, he didn't do party boy, but he was looking like, you know, he has a lot of bikini tops. Oh, okay. grown man. A lot of bikini tops. Um, of course, Knoxville was shot out of a cannon. Uh, there's a lot of new people. A lot of younger people, which I saw some people like being like, why do they have these new people here? And I was like, because Johnny Knoxville is 50. <laughs> yeah, they got to bring in somebody. You can't he cannot just... sustain another fucking uh, concussion. As How as said. many times can a 50-year-old man like staple their nuts? So... What's the one guy, Aaron? Um, he was the one who got a lot of hits at the crotch. Yeah, who... Was it Steve-O who, like, stapled his butthole shut? I know Steve-O has done a lot with staplers. <laughs> so I don't know. I don't remember the exact ones he's done. Because I actually referenced a few things. They had, like, some side-by-sides from, like, their first... Um, either the first movie or the first, like, sketches that they did on MTV. Um, and with these here. And, like, Rab is now... Uh, like a camera operator. So he's like, I'm here, but I am not getting hit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Thank God. <laughs> so it's just nice. Cause I know like some of them were in some bad places. Yeah. Um, so yeah, but that's the latest movie I got. Maybe we'll do like a segment where we'll be like, here's a movie I watched and it banged. Yeah. Okay, I can <laughs> see Parallel Mother soon. Yeah, yeah, we didn't even talk about the Oscars, um, aside from me being like, fuck these nominations, but like, <laughs> I watched Spencer, it wasn't terrible. I don't know how they're calling it the worst performance of career when 
she literally had to say, you nicknamed my daughter after the Loch Ness Monster and with a straight face. Um, uh, yeah, she, yeah. So there's nowhere to go but up as far as I'm concerned. You can get, you, I mean, you can get much lower than that, but shit. <laughs> so, I don't know. I think drive my car. That's what I want to see. Oh, yeah. I've heard good things. There's a, I guess, so there's a lot of theaters by me, but I never see them come up when I Google things. And I think I've been looking for things that are like more popular or like more big production things, I guess, because I saw Drive My Car <laughs> on, the, on the marquee for one of these places. And I was like, oh, so that might be a little thing I do this week. Oh. All right. So, um, but yeah, anyway, um, that's our thing on the Final Girls Berlin Film Festival. Hopefully, like we said, we can watch some of those panels if we don't get to. Um, uh, we'll be on the lookout for them. I'll keep, you know, I'll keep an eye out, but I'm sorry we couldn't re- include those here. Um, but other than that, I think that's it. I think this is another rough cut in the bag. Yeah. All right, y'all. See you next time. Bye, guys. Bye.